door number three, you never take door number one, you know, you always take that that um, lush path that, that isn't trodden. Um, and, you, you know, you live long enough, you get to do, um, you know, have talk to people like you. Welcome to the Crossing It Off podcast, where each episode we share the stories of individuals that are living out their bucket slash life goal lists. I am your host, Roger Williams, and through hearing our guests' adventures, my goal is that you will find encouragement and empowerment to add and cross items off of your list. Welcome everybody to the show. Lots of times on our list, we have um, exotic locations, and then some of us also have starting up our own business. What happens when those two things collide? Well, we will be talking about that with our guest today. Uh, Leah Badgley is is our guest today, and she describes herself as someone that uh, enjoys traveling with humor and grace. And so welcome to the show, Leah. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Roger. Happy to be here. Thanks so much. So Leah, what was that one thing that you crossed off your bucket list? I opened a restaurant in Yangon, Myanmar. Myanmar. Okay. So uh, are you from there? Let's go back to your origin story. How did you choose that location, that space to open up your restaurant? Well, um, I, I'll make it um, very simple. I was born there um, to American parents and lived there as a child and returned several times throughout my life and fell in love with the culture Um, I was living in Cambodia and uh, met some really interesting people who wanted to open a restaurant in Myanmar. And so they said, hey, you speak the language. Would you be interested in doing that for us? And I said, well, heck yeah. So um, (laughs) I went to Myanmar to open a restaurant and I did it. And so tell us when, what was the timing of that? When was that? And, and in in mid 90s so okay. um i went in uh january of 1995 and then lived there and did that project and met my future husband and and had a life there for several years and then returned back to the united states okay so one of the questions i have in the states we have birthright citizenship is that the case in no Myanmar? it's okay. not it's um it's one of those countries where um, the United States does not allow um, dual citizenship. Okay. So how was that? I mean, that's like the thing that like boils in my head about this is, is we can talk about, you know, the, the process of opening a restaurant, but going someplace where you're not a citizen and opening a business, especially in some place that has had so much turmoil over the years, yep. well, how was that experience for you? Was that difficult? What did you have to go through to be the person on the ground and, and open that restaurant, be the owner? Well, there's um, the, the very short answer is it's just takes a lot of patience and um, willingness to um, uh, endure um, arcane bureaucracy. <laughs> so the, the, the longer answer is I'm very proud of that project because it was the first project of its kind, i.e. foreign owned and independent without a local proxy, without a local partner since British days. So since the British left in 1962. So it was the first one of its kind. So basically I was working with 
um, laws that were, had been on the books since literally the 1800s. Mm-hmm. So it was crazy. So I was truly inventing the wheel. Um, it really helped that I was very respectful to the local culture, that I uh, was proficient in the language, and that I uh, followed the rules. And mm. I think respect was the main thing, because at that time, there were a lot of different foreign uh, companies um, going in, uh, specifically, you know, the big hotel chains, you know, traders and, and Sedona um, were, were going in and trying to start because the country was just then opening up to outside um, business influence. And I was there just little old me. So, um, and understanding the, the idiosyncrasies and the challenges and the, the, the fabulousness of uh, Burmese culture, I was able to sort of swim up stream and and accomplish things that some of the big guys weren't able to do actually so for example in 1996 um there were it's a buddhist country okay so Mm -hmm. quite quite um conservative in some ways so there were only five liquor license granted in the country in 1996 (laughs) and four of them went to these big chains that i'm talking about and one of them went to little old me opening this restaurant just by just by being um, polite, respectful, and knowing how the system works. Because I had this background, you know, living there as a child and growing up and having contacts that were like family members. Sure. So it was almost like I was a Burmese going back, but I wasn't. I was an American. So. And so <clears throat> describe the restaurant to us a little bit. And well, it's still there. It's awesome. still there. And so your listeners can can look it up on online. It's called 50th Street Restaurant, 5-0. Um, and it's, um, it was a, uh, or still is, um, geared towards kind of a European clientele as far, now they okay. have more of a fusion menu. But at the time, um, you know, we were going to offer... Um, pasta and pizza. It was the first pizza oven, you know, I mean, just stuff like that. And it was geared mainly to an expat um, audience, as well as obviously, you know, upper middle class Burmese. Um, And uh, so it was now, of course, it's, it's owned by um, a local family. So it's, it's shifted a little bit. But we found a, the, the whole concept was to find a colonial building, a historical colonial building, and restore it and turning it into a restaurant. And so that's what we did. And it's, it's really, really beautiful, beautiful space and still is. And where did that, you said you had someone that was also interested in this. How did you decide that, like, yes, I want to do this, right? You're going into another culture, you're you're kind of bringing in other cultures into that space. What was the deciding factor for you to want to, to do that and, and put that on your bucket list? What was the thing that goes, okay, yeah, I'm, you said earlier, yeah, I'll do that, right? Like it's a no brainer, <laughs> but for somebody else that might be. So what, what, why was it well, a no brainer? So my case is a little unique in that, in that I have a past with that culture um, and I already knew that I love that culture and I already knew that I wanted to live there. So, so 
so it was a no brainer because, oh, you're going to pay me to go and do that. And um, uh, as a little further uh, backstory for, for me is that I have a, a, a background in restaurants. So I was involved okay. in the Seattle music scene in the late 70s and 80s. And, and so what does a, a starving musician, you know, do to pay the rent? <laughs> they work in restaurants. Sure. So I had years and years of, of working in restaurants and, and um, restaurant management. So that's why this company, you know, knew to sort of take the risk. Very, very interesting story. And, and I'll, I'll be brief here is, um, so I had been living in Cambodia and then I came back to the United States and I was working in, in this restaurant and, uh, one of the, uh, investors, Hong Kong, uh, British Hong Kong based investors that invested in me to go and do this project mm-hmm. who I met in Cambodia when I was living there and who said, Hey, why don't you go do this? And I said, Hey, sure. Why not? And then we lost touch completely. They happened to walk in to the Seattle restaurant where I wow. I mean, kismet, right? It was yeah. like meant to be. So it was like, of course, no brain there. So they're like, here's money, go do it. So I did. What is the status of your bucket list? Are you still wrapping your head around the purpose of having one? Are you struggling to write your list and don't know what to put on it? Or are you looking at your list wondering which item to cross off first? No matter where you are in your bucket list journey, I'm here to assist you in becoming the head crosser offer of your list. To learn how to work with me as your bucket list coach, visit crossingitoffpodcast.com backslash coaching to find out all about the personalized and affordable coaching I offer to help you live out your list. Now back to the show. So you're going into country. It's seen a lot of... uh, well, I'll just say strife. I think that's a, a easy way to explain it and, and not a lot of stability. Um, and some of that has to do definitely with um, colonialization and that. So was there pushback once you opened that's like, no, we don't want this thing that looks like our oppressors or anything like that? Oh, or was it? Yeah, interesting question. I mean, definitely the legacy of colonialism throughout the world is painful. And and um, and dysfunctional uh, mm. a dysfunctional heritage, right? Um, and that's a whole nother podcast. Um, <laughs> but I I I did not experience that, and I don't believe that the restaurant did because it was successful from the get go. So and did did that again? Did that have to do going back to you saying like you had connections, you had lived in the culture? That was a was that a was that an important piece of that 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 people didn't rebel and. <laughs> pick it or whatever possible i just think that people were so hungry for anything from outside Mm. and and by hungry i don't mean just for food right but just hungry for for culture from outside so that's a very interesting so what um what's the one thing that by you doing this um if someone said hey i want to go open a restaurant in another country what would be that one thing that you would tell them to say hey you gotta do X. I think um, so. This is a, a sort of a, a dual um, reply. You have to speak the language, or at least enough of the language to show respect, which ties in with respecting the local culture and the way things are done. You just can't go in and go, well, that's stupid. I'm not going to do it that way. 
you have to say, okay, this is how things work here. But, you know, you, people asked me, oh, well, it's a corrupt, you know, you had to, didn't you have to pay bribes? Well, actually, I didn't because I knew I gave gifts. I get, mm. I, I got my liquor license by giving a pair of jeans and a shirt as a gift. So it's, again, it's knowing how, you know, but I had insider knowledge, so, right. so to speak. Not everybody does. So if you, for example, wanted to go open a restaurant in Costa Rica, you, that wouldn't be so far-fetched because there are many restaurants in Costa Rica opened by Americans. Right. Um, so you would presumably plug in with, with an American who's done it and pick their brain and, and um, you know, maybe even pay them a stipend for the information and, um, and off you go. So um, Myanmar was un unusual at that time because it had been closed for so long. Um, so I don't know that just anyone could have d gone in and done that. That said, there are people that did and they had um, a what's called a proxy. They, you know, they had a local partner that that did all of that managing. So if, for example, you wanted to go to, I don't know, um, Uzbekistan or, or someplace that for us Americans seems like, oh, that's so far away and exotic when really it's not because the world is small now. Yes. But if you if you did, you know, you, you would you would probably depending on what the laws are like, you know, you would find a local partner who but finding one that you can trust. That's always the 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 that's the flying. Sure. Land, you know, yeah, for sure. What is something that you weren't expecting to happen that was um, maybe disappointing or or a setback that maybe you had? doing it that you may have done differently now or I think um hmm, that's that's a I, I'd have to think about that for for a while because I I feel so good about the project in general and, <laughs> and um but I I would say that maybe my um my connection with the people that hired me to go be the project manager to do it um, I was very naive about contracts and mm. about, um, you know, whenever you get into business with a group of attorneys, um, you're going to probably come out on the short end. Of it. <laughs> so so I, I think in hindsight, because, you know, my contract, the reason I'm not still living there is, is because the, the things happened, the so-called Asian economic flu happened, you know, in the nineties and the Thai bought the cur currency, you know, was devalued. And so my whole contract got readjusted. Um, I mean, they were, they were good about it, but anyway, in hindsight, if I had to pull something out of my hat, that would be it is just making sure that, you know, um, if someone is paying you to go do it, that you understand, you know, all of the, all of the technicalities of the contract. And so what would be the opposite of that? What would be something that uh, shockingly surprised you in a good way? I met my husband. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. No, so, That's totally fair. Uh, that, that was completely independent of the project, but I was, um, I opened a door. I opened a portal, a mm. literal portal for both ways, you know, for, for, for local people, as well as foreign people, um, to, to come and enjoy one another. Besides, I encourage everybody, everyone should go to Myanmar. It's a fabulous <laughs> place. The people are amazing. It's awesome to know. So what's like the one takeaway, like life 
altering thing or something that changed you or transformed you in this process that you carried over into the, into the next thing that you did? I think um, uh, confidence. I had no idea that I could successfully do something like that. Um, I didn't have a business background. I had a, I was a, an artist. Um, I was a creative. I um, was not a businesswoman that I could successfully do a project that arguably hadn't been done um, before. And it's still there. The restaurant is still there. I didn't, I don't own it, but whatever groundwork I and my team were able to do, it was good enough to be there like 40 years later or whatever. Yeah, that's amazing. You know? Yeah, with I anything, mean, that's uh, amazing these days. How many restaurants can say that? Well, that's for sure. <laughs> Definitely. It's, it's a very difficult business. Um, what, what have you done with that knowledge that you've collected through that experience? How has that impacted your world? After leaving, I, well, I think having a certain amount of confidence um, and uh, uh, sort of, uh, well, definitely shameless plug for for my book, um, The Foreigner's Confession, which is actually based on my work that I did right before I went to open the restaurant in Cambodia. I, I mentioned Cambodia earlier, so I um, had a very interesting um, job there. Uh, as director of the Cornell University's archival project at Tools Lying Museum of Genocide, which if anyone has seen the Killing Fields right. or any, anything like that, the Khmer Rouge were some pretty um, uh, extreme characters. Right. And so this was a prison for high-ranking Khmer Rouge. And so I was, what my job was, was actually microfilming the, the confessions, the actual confessions wow. from these Khmer Rouge, you know, uh, extracted under torture. Very dark, very, very um, extreme, very different than opening a restaurant. No doubt. Um, but uh, so that project, um, the, the doing opening a restaurant, I think, um, and then doing this project combined to take me out of my sort of sense of, of what is possible as a human being to accomplish mm. Um, and I had been a, a writer before, but actually taking, you know, I've done a whole bucket load of, of interesting things in my life. You live long enough, yes. you, take, you take door number three, you never take door number one, you know, you always take that, that um, lush path that, that isn't trodden. Um, and, you, you know, you live long enough, you get to do, um, you know, have talk to people like you <laughs> about, <laughs> about bucket list things. Tell me what the book's about real quick. Cause it, it does have, you, you alluded to it, I think in what you yeah, just said. So, so the book is, is um, it, it, it's not my story, um, but it's a sort of a dual timeline story about an American woman who goes to um, uh, Cambodia um, sort of fleeing a, a painful experience in her past um, and she discovers this really mysterious thing that leads her to the, 
the story of another woman who's actually from Yugoslavia who ends up in Cambodia as a Khmer Rouge herself. Mm. So this this dual timeline entwines on itself um, and they basically find redemption through, though they never meet one another, they never talk to one another, but they find redemption through knowledge of one another. So I'll leave it like that. It's a little bit of a mystery. Nice. Um, So besides opening this restaurant, doing that project and um, writing this book, what would you consider the next thing that you would like to cross off your list? What would that be? Book number two. (laughs) Book number two. I said besides writing. Besides writing books. Something else besides writing books and opening up restaurants that you'd like to do. Well, we're going to Belgrade, uh, Serbia on the 5th um to for my um, brother-in-law's wedding so i would like to successfully go there and come back without having to deal with covid yes Uh, but so that's a that's a shorter term but i think um greater sort of is is just to learn i mean i'm i'm encroaching on old ladydom here and (laughs) and i i would like to finally figure out a way to just be be okay. Hmm. No, it's really hard as human beings to just be okay with who we are and what we're doing and where we're at. And, and um, so that's my biggest bucket list. Yeah. Being content is huge. Um, I think it's a a large component in life that we tend to learn later on. We just need to learn earlier. I think sometimes. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, thank you so much for being here. Where can folks find more information about you you and the restaurant that I can put in the show notes so that people can get to you real quick and click away. So, so if you Google 50th street restaurant, Myanmar, you will find the, the a Facebook page for, um, for the restaurant and, and you can look at pictures and things like that. Great. Um, I know they have open mics. I mean, how cool. Um, and as far as my book goes, I have an author page and I have a website and um, I, would and Instagram and all of that that we have to do in this day and age. Um, yep. And would love you know people to check it out. Awesome. We will put uh, all those things in the show notes so that people can just click them super easy. Leah, thank you so much for being here. Thank you uh, for being brave in your life and doing all the things you've done. And um, if there's something you're really excited about that's on you've crossed off your bucket list in the future, please let us know. Thank you, Roger. As a reminder to our listeners, in this episode's show notes, you will find links to learn more about this week's guests and information on how you can cross this item off of your list. You can follow my adventures of crossing items off my bucket list on Instagram and Facebook. And as always, new episodes of this podcast are available to stream every Friday morning. We will meet you here next week. And until then... Keep living out your life.